The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. It is Super Wild Card Playoff Football for your Bears, one of 12 teams in action coming up this weekend, Sunday, 3.40, the kickoff against the New Orleans Saints. We're going to break it down for you. Full show tonight. Welcome to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy with my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, Super Bowl Bear Tom Thayer. You're very familiar with the Superdome, buddy. Yeah. Had some big games there. You know, lost the big Sugar Bowl there in college to – lose the national championship, won the most important game of all, winning the Super Bowl there. But, you know, one time we went there, and I think the Saints were like 7-0, and and we went down there, they had a loud, supportive crowd, and we beat them. And so you always have to keep those thoughts in the back of your mind and your back of your memory because anything is accomplishable if you put your mind to it and you go in there and you know that you believe, you've got to believe and you know you belong. Eminently more attainable because they're a great home team. They're going to play different than they do on grass. They got the they know that building backwards and forwards. Fifteen years together, Peyton and Breeze, weapons galore. Defense top five scoring, defense top five scoring, offense special teams outstanding in every way. But there's no crowd. Three thousand fans. They're going to be a murmur compared to what that place would be under a normal circumstance uh, pre-COVID. So that's an edge the Bears have to take advantage of. And I'm hoping, Tom, that the game plan is quite similar to what it was against the Packers, with the only wrinkle is that five trips to the red zone have to produce four to five touchdowns, and four trips at goal to go, you're not going to settle for 13 points, and that could be a big difference. Yeah, you know, Jeff, everything that you mentioned, you you got to be able to do everything that's required of you. And that's kind of on both sides of the ball. Every time you have the ball on offense, you got to take advantage of it. If you're gifted great field position, it's got to be converted into a touchdown and not a field goal. Just like on the defensive side of it, if you have a chance to get your fingertips on three of the opponent's passes, you better come away with at least one of them. You better be able to change field position. So it's it's a everybody is involved in this opportunity. Special teams are equally as important as defense and offense. But like you said, from what the offense has been doing the last couple weeks, I'm really impressed by it. I was super impressed by the 14-play opening drive last week against Green Bay, and that's the same intentions that they have to have when they face New Orleans on uh, Sunday. No, you got to get off the field on third down and long. That's not something that you can get away with too frequently against great quarterbacks and great offenses today. Defensive coordinator uh, Chuck Pagano-Tommy was uh, asked why he thinks his defenders can't get those picks, can make those big plays and get sacks and create pressure. Here's why. If we didn't trust them to make those plays, we wouldn't have them in those spots. You know, so they got to wear a hard hat, at, you know, at, at times, but we fully expect that, you know, they're there for a reason that, you know, we trust them to wear that hat and to get the job done. So in order to go down there and, and play well uh, and, and beat this team, you know, our, our game records, our five stars, they got to play that way. Our four stars, our three stars, everybody's got to play to their, their ability, you know, and I've got I've to do my job, you know, and I've got to do it better. And Cordell Mack also saying, Tom, flat out, got to play the best game in Bears history defensively. 
point they do because you know offense is changing offense is changing in the NFL things are being done so differently and when you get the opportunity to play against a team with this type of reputation Pagano's right. If we're going to put you in a position to make the play, then you got to make the play. Whether it's something that's unexpected as a possible interception by Barkevius Mingo, or it's Eddie Jackson or Duke Shelley getting their hands on a ball that's flying through the air. All right, so Roquan Smith, no practice again. We don't have any uh, real definitive evidence on if he can possibly come back from an elbow injury, but how does that change things? Because given what his athleticism is like his range his ability to go sideline to sideline get off the hash make plays out of the backfield go uh, with or with a running back like Kamara he can uh, take a swing and and knock him down before he gets a, his traction going these are great things he can do against an offense like this yes but the thing about it is is you you can't dwell on the fact if he's not going to be there because the Bears coaches have been coaching these guys every single day to be ready when their name is called. Whether it's Josh Woods, Joel E.A. Booneyway, or a configuration of defensive backs involved in the system. Listen, man, Roquan's an all-pro player, and he's just scratching the surface ultimately what he's going to be. But you can't fold up the tents if he's not there. I love Roquan. I love everything that he's done on the field to represent himself. But every like, I, I, I talk about it all the time. The guys that are waiting on the wing, waiting in the wings, they got to approach this game like it's their Super Bowl. It's their lifeline. It's the biggest game they'll ever play in their life. So that's the type of excitement I want to see. On if if he if he is replaced, who his replacements will be. Okay, Josh Woods, Joel Booney Way, certainly opportunities there, and DHC is somebody that uh, certainly will get the playing field if they don't have another plan that we don't know about just yet. All right, we got a lot on the show coming up. We've got a full show big time. We're going to start with Zach Streep coming up here at 610, the voice of the New Orleans Saints, the former Northwestern player and Saints offensive lineman. We're going to be joined at 630 by Cody Whitehair, the Bears' left guard, playing some great football for the Bears on that offensive line. We got... A surprise coming up at, uh, what, 648. Ottawa who played against the Saints in that NFC uh, playoff game of, of significance at Soldier Field. So we'll revisit with him, and we'll hear from Mitch Trubisky a little bit as he'll be our feature this week on our Bears Game Day Live show uh, coming to you on Fox at 1030 on Sunday. A lot ahead with Mike Rankin, our producer. Thanks to Dan Brilli and Jordan Treadup and you for being with us tonight. Lots more to go here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And welcome back to Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer with you. Zach Streif, the voice of the New Orleans Saints, will be joining us shortly. Uh, real quick on the injury report, Tom, too. I, I kind of missed this one today. It's such a long list, but a lot of full participation today. But I see Josh Woods with a toe glute injury, so he was limited today. Uh, I'm, I'm not certain that's a major concern right now, but Duke Shelley also limited with a knee, so a couple of, of key players in this mix. And, and a hopeful return for Jalen Johnson, limited today, and that's good news as he tries to recover from a shoulder injury and get on the field for a playoff game. You know, Jeff, honestly, I would have every player on their injury report um, <laughs> because I would, say, I would say everybody's sore at this point. And there's other coaches that have done that in the past just to try to keep a little bit of a curveball in there. Yeah, Saints limited list, a uh, couple of players, one that did not practice today, Trey Hendrickson. He's got a neck 
and he was injured Wednesday but limited. But this is a player that's come on real strong, 13-and-a-half sacks on a unit that has 10 different players that have put together 45 sacks, eighth in the league overall. But he's the guy right now that has really went uh, went crazy with the hits. He's hit the quarterback 25 times, 13-and-a-half sacks in a bunch of hurries for a developing player that uh, has really come on strong for the Saints in this system. You know, he's got a great arsenal of weapons in terms of his pass rush moves, his pass rush ability, but he has a high motor, and it's kind of the perfect combination of defensive linemen. You have a a nice repertoire of the moves that you can pull against different types of offensive linemen, but you're always playing at 100% level, and that's the unique thing about him. Yeah, he's not the biggest, he's not the strongest, but he plays with the most intentions of what he needs to get done. Who else impresses you on that defense? Because I'll tell you right now, since week eight, when the Bears played them, so you got to include that Bears game, it's the secondary that has really come to life. They have put together, obviously, a ton of interceptions. They're tied for the league lead in that category with three other teams, but also third in takeaways overall. The pressures are up, but these corners uh, and – and the nickel corner, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the guy that, uh, you know, stirred the pot a little bit with Javon Wims and the boys, and probably will be yapping again because that's how he plays the game. But 33 pass breakups just since week eight by that trio right there, and it's resulted in some picks, some some picks from Malcolm Jenkins. He's got three since week nine. So a lot of good things happening for these guys in the secondary, marrying that Russian coverage. Exactly. You said it right there. I don't even need to answer. They're they're marrying the Russian coverage because they are getting such a quick rush, such an aggressive approach at the quarterback that there's sometimes that they just got to throw the ball up sooner than they really want to just to avoid the sack or avoid the pressure. And then the defensive backs get a good jump on it. But they're good defensive backs. So it's complimentary football between good front seven players and then the back end four or five defensive backs, however many you're playing. And no disrespect for Cameron Jordan because still a terrific no. player, outstanding player. Hasn't had the big sack total that we come used to, but he's still hurrying the quarterback, Tom. He's still knocking him down, and he's still forcing the run game. Well, you know, Jeff, I think it's a lot like similar to what the Bears are looking at with Drew Brees. You may not necessarily get sacks, but if you can get the ball out of his hands a half a second early, if you can deflect a couple passes that are meant for the middle of the field, if you can get him off of his position and make him convert his talent as a quarterback to those 40-plus-year-old legs, I think you can change the dynamic of, of Drew Brees, but it's different elements outside than just sacks. All right, I got to talk to Anthony Miller. Now, don't start chuckling because I'm, I'm always rooting for this guy. I'm always rooting for him to get, get something going. His best game of the year, most targets 11 against the Saints in Week 8. Most catches, he had eight. He had a few first downs. He had 70-plus yards. That was his high point of this season. So he's expecting similar opportunities in this playoff game against the Saints. The Saints play a lot of man, uh, so that created a lot of opportunity for uh, me and the guys, uh, you know, to you know run basically any route we could to get open. I, I think it's going to be the same. I believe they're top five in the league uh, playing man coverage, so I expect to have a fun game. All right, we don't know what Darnell Mooney's situation is, so obviously he has leapfrogged him in terms of targets and being the number two receiver here, but Anthony Miller, uh, the coaches are t- today saying, Bill Lazor said, hey, it's not, it's not necessarily what he isn't doing, it's just where the ball's been going. H- how do you feel about that? Because with the ball in his hands, he's got yak ability, he's quick, especially out of that slot, 
And uh, that's C.J. Gardner-Johnson's a feisty player. I mean, we can make uh, comments about his mouth, but he backs it up because he's a very, very good slot defender. Yeah, you know, the key ingredient, though, is you can't get caught up in that part of the game. You can't get caught in the jawing in between plays before after. You know, it's for funny because Bears game day live, we have to pick one of our most important Bears and I was, and I, I wanted, I had Anthony Miller written down a couple times. It's almost like I didn't want to jinx myself, so I changed it. But I do think that Anthony Miller will have his most explosive game this week. No, oh, he's looking for explosives. They're looking for explosives. The big plays, twenty yards or more, uh, against the Saints when they get close to the red zone. Something happens. Don't know what, but, but they haven't been great defending uh, the touchdown efficiency. So that is something. If you move the ball and you get in the red zone, you got to take advantage of their miscommunications back there. You know, the best catch last week in the game was on his fourth down catch early oh, in the yeah. game. Terrific. So if, if he made third and fourth down catches alone, I'd be okay with that. I expect more explosiveness out of him. I think of that, that long 50-plus yard pass that they threw to Darnell Mooney. Anthony Miller is capable of that same type of route. So if Darnell Mooney didn't play or he was limited, you don't have to leave that play on the cupboard, in the cupboard, you got to use that same play with Anthony Miller. All right, we got to listen to a little Khalil Mack. He was uh, talking to the media today. Uh, had some really good stuff. Certainly, he was asked about the underdog thing. That seems to be the the vein that everyone's going because the Bears have been underdogs for most of the games they played this season. Uh, in certain cases, understandable. Other ones, maybe you, you scratch your head a little bit, especially uh, some home games. But they're the biggest underdog, Tom. Out of the 12 teams that are playing, they are the biggest underdog against the Saints on the road, against a powerful team, and and you might expect that. But when asked if he feels they're like underdogs, you're going to get an interesting response. Me personally, I always feel like an underdog. So it's just in me. Uh, and I know these guys do as well, man. It's a lot of disrespect. Um, that we, you know what I'm saying, been hearing. And so, um, obviously, you got to use all of that to your advantage. And uh, not to speak on it so, so much, but uh, to go out and use our actions. And that's what we're looking forward to doing. Well, the interesting thing is, asked where he's maybe hearing I'm it from. It up. Or maybe I'm not. You know what I'm saying? You just hear certain things. and You know what I'm saying? Take offense to it, but um, in the right ways, you know what I'm saying? Use it to your advantage. Uh, so how do you use that to your advantage? Or is that just cliche? Well, it, it's usable cliche because I would say we're so disrespected. Before our injury report came out, they made us a nine-and-a-half-point underdog. So if we had a healthy roster, would we still be nine-and-a-half-point underdog? So I would, u- I would use that as a- – as you know information to turn it into a positive because i don't think there's any reason for these guys to be underdogs by nine and a half points they lost to them in overtime here during the regular season when the bears offense wasn't playing very well so hey man it it doesn't matter what you're under it's like khalil said actions are louder than words go out there and motivate the group of guys around you like we see the effort that Khalil gives each and every week. Now let's talk more about the offense. Um, Establishing that run again against a very good run defense. Again, they do everything well. I I look at them, I kept thinking, because of Aaron Rodgers and because what they've done in the second half of the season defensively, they're getting better, the secondary's playing well, they got pressure going on big time right now for the pack, and they got a running game with a three-headed monster if they wanted to, that they are the best team in the league. That's my opinion. But the Saints are the most complete team. 
potentially because they do a lot of great things with a lot of personnel on defense, offense, and special teams. Where, where do you look at them as you've watched them on tape? Um, this is a really good football team. They're willing to play physically on defense, and that's where the Bears have to match them the most. But And I, I'm not saying this disrespectful, but I don't fear Drew Brees as much as I do Aaron Rodgers because Drew Brees, he throws out of a 10-foot circumference. Aaron Rodgers can go width to width. He can go anywhere he wants to because his legs will still carry him. So if you can condense the pocket immediately around Drew Brees, he has a hard time seeing over things. And then if you're a defensive tackle and you're rushing closer to him and he's getting ready to unload, hands up in the air, and then you're going to take up, you're going to fill a passing lane, and then that's going to help your defensive back. So I, I have all the respect in the world to the approach that Drew Brees takes in order to be prepared as professionally as he has been through his whole career. But if we're talking about Aaron versus Drew Brees, I still have right. more more fear and respect of Aaron. What about the addition potentially of Michael Thomas? Uh, he has not played much this year, just 10 quarters with Drew Brees, coming off an ankle. Maybe they've been screwing him away, putting him away a little bit, getting ready for the playoffs to, to, to bring that – Offensive player of the year from 2019 out of the cobwebs and into the spotlight. What do you think? I'm, I'm not so sure a player that timing is so important that you can plug and play and expect them to go from 70% practice effort to 100, I can't say 100, 100% effort in the playoffs. It is different. It's more physical. You kind of have a different brand, a different style of the game. So, I'm not certain that you can just play. He's still great. He's still a dynamic receiver, one of the best in all of the NFL. But I just don't know if you can go from zero to 100 within a week's time. Chuck Pagano uh, had a lot of great things to say about Alvin Kamara, obviously, today. And, you know, the the whole idea of what you do with a guy like that, so much yard from scrimmage because he can do it on the ground and in the air, things they did to him in the Week 8 meeting, pretty good. But is your best shot to control this guy and not worry about completely shutting him down? It's a question posed to Chuck Pagano today earlier with the media. you got to have a bunch of eyes on this guy. Obviously, public enemy number one. And they've got a ton of talent. Michael Thomas is going to be back and Hall of Fame quarterback. And, you know, great option for him in the pass game. Emmanuel Sanders. So the list goes on and on and on. But Allen's just a – he's he's just a tremendous uh, all-around back. And, you know, you split him out and – like a wide receiver trying to cover him, trying to figure out, okay, who who do we got that we can put on him? And uh, it's not going to be just one guy. It's going to be all hands on deck. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like the old philosophy that John Tierlink, a great defensive line coach who passed away a, a, a year or so ago, or, and George Allen. When we faced a team, they had a dynamic quarterback. It was every single play, Jeff. You rush the quarterback and you tackle the running back on the way by. So – I think that if you have a passive approach at the defensive line waiting for Alan Kamara to come towards you, Drew Brees is going to throw it over the top of you all the time. But if you have a high-impact rush zone into the backfield and Alvin Kamara gets that handoff, he's an outlet receiver, then you put Drew Brees in a defensive backpedaling position. So to me, I, I am going to sick the dogs. Every one of these defensive linemen – they're going to rotate. They're going to stay fresh, and I'm going to bring it every single 
play that I possibly can. And that's going to include James Vaughters. It's going to include Barkevius Mingo. It's going to include Gibson. It's going to include every single guy that has a defensive upfront jersey number on. All right, with the, with the turnover thing, is the luck about to switch because the luck hasn't been there all year? So is this a game in the playoffs? Because he doesn't turn it over much. They don't turn it over much. They're outstanding, plus nine. But after a while, if you're in the right position, is the ball going to bounce your way finally? Yeah, I, I think it, I think the, the velocity of the football that Drew Brees throws is a lot different than the velocity of football that Aaron Rodgers throws. So I do think the defenders are going to have more opportunities to get in front of an Aaron pass or a slower velocity pass. Can he still hit his mark every time against these guys? He can, but it's a different flight to the football between these two quarterbacks. All right, coming up on our show on Sunday on Bears Game Day Live, our player profile on Fox with Luke Canellis and my partner here, Tom Thayer, with Mitchell Trubisky. Here's a portion of what you might hear. I remember back in 2018, we were so excited. We were on a roll, and we won a lot of games that year. And fast forwarding to this year, it's been different. There's been some ups and downs, and with me getting benched and then coming back and be able, being able to lead the team to the playoffs, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot over the years. But it's back to that surviving advanced mentality. And really, at the end of the day, just grateful for another opportunity to go out there and compete, uh, have an opportunity to go, go out and, and win a playoff game. And so we know it's the, sta- the stage is set. It's a big opportunity. And uh, we just got to keep preparing and, and, and get ready to rock and roll. You've always been great about putting team first and you think about everybody else other than yourself. That makes you the leader that you are. But in this situation as well, is there anything you need to prove to yourself? No, nothing I need to prove to myself. Just go out, go out and, and, and win the game. So I know if I go out, compete, and do my job and just continue to bring the same will and passion and love for this game that I have and love for my teammates and go out and compete, uh, and I know I'll give this team a really good chance to win, and if we go out and win, it, it'll, be, it'll be a lot of fun. So that's all I'm trying to do. When you look at your team and the situation that they've gone through, you guys have won in various ways this season. It hasn't been one particular formula. Do you think that makes you guys a dangerous team because you have learned to deal with a lot and you've overcome a lot? And you've won in different ways. Yeah, I think it does. I think it, it can make us dangerous. Well, we've definitely shown a, a lot of grit over the over the course of the season. I think it's brought us closer together, just dealing with adversity and going through tough times with people. Uh, I think it brings out the best in you, and and we've grown a lot and improved over the year. And I think it's made us a closer group. I mean, just the way we've had each other's backs and, and battled back, uh, really out of a hole throughout this season. I think it's prepared us for a possible playoff. Uh, run here and, and now we have step one of hopefully more to come and, and we got to take care of business so it's one thing at a time but we have the potential to be dangerous and it's all about how we execute on Sunday. I found it interesting too just throwing this at him because you know when you're a young quarterback and again not everything has worked out great over the course of his time here but you know you're a starting quarterback in the field of 14 that's in the Super Bowl tournament and you got guys like Brady and Breeze and Rodgers and Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson and you know 10 years from now when you know or 30 years from now when he's got his grandkids on his lap he's going to be telling hey I was in the in the 2021 playoffs wild card pandemic and you'll never believe the names that I was playing with and he goes yeah that's it's something cool but you know I want to make my own name too and the guy's confidence is just it, it really is coming out of the pores right now for Mitchell Trubisky well he just has to realize that every single rep during the game is important 
We can't interview him after the game and say, oh, I wish I had that one back because you can't have that in this week. It's about every single pass that leave your hand. You know exactly where it's going. All right, we're going to step away for a break. Coming up at the bottom of the hour here, Cody Whitehair, the Bears veteran left guard, will join the program. Together we made it here, the playoffs. Enter the Bears playoff sweepstakes at chicagobears.com to win a piece of this one-of-a-kind season. We'll take a break here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, back with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Mike Rankin, our producer, and joining us on the line now, Bears left guard Cody Whitehair. Cody, how you doing, brother? We, we have missed you. I haven't been able to see you, talk to you. What's going on, brother? Oh, not much, guys. How you doing? We're doing fantastic. You jacked up or what? Yeah, we are. We're excited for this opportunity. Um, you know, given the ups and downs of our season and the six-game losing streak, you know, we're just very fortunate to be in this position. And it, it all comes down to, you know, the grit and, um, you know, the heart that this team showed throughout the season. You know, if you can, tell me a story. Tell me what it was like for you and you guys during that period of time where you really didn't know what direction this thing was going to go. And then tell yeah, me a was, story and then tell me a story about how it's come, how it turned out. Yeah. You know, it was, it was definitely tough. Um, you know, you never predict yourself to lose six in a row and, um, you know, predict yourself to be in that situation. So it was definitely tough. Um, you know, but I think it just speaks so highly of our team and, and the guys we have and the character you know, the high character guys we have on our team to be able to stick together, come to work every day, focus on the fundamentals and the techniques that, you know, all those little things that we talk about that was going to get us out of this situation. And that's what we did. Um, you know, and we stuck together and wrote it out and, um, you know, we're, we're in the dance now. So, uh, you know, we just got to continue that one and oh mindset and take each week as its own and, and, and not get too far ahead of ourselves and just focus, um, you know, on the task at hand. You know, Cody, you specifically, you kind of settled in at left guard, and there's no talking about changing you one week or to the next. Are you are you start are you able to have some fun in in this position because you're you're showing it on the field that I don't know if you're smiling, but some of the blocks you're making are are just so fun to watch. Are you are you having some fun on the field? Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. You know. Um due to injuries and the worldwide pandemic that we're in right now, you know, there's been some shuffle on the line, but you know, we we're really playing very well together and it's, it's been a lot of fun out there. You know, Cody, I don't know if I've ever said in my life that I've seen a play block perfectly, <laughs> but that, that touchdown run that David Montgomery had in the Minnesota Vikings game, that was incredibly because every single guy from tight end to wide receiver had unbelievable block and you had one of the most impressive pancake blocks that's highlighted all the time you know when you go back and you just think about that football play did it resonate with you that how much your offensive line the tight end Juan Castillo have been able to accomplish over this renaissance when you when you look at a play that was run that well yeah I mean you just go back you know we we were doing some a little bit of self-scout, um, you know, on ourselves. And you go back and you look, you know, where we were when we played the Saints last time and just the amount of improvement and 
you know, the attention to detail and the attention to the fundamentals and the techniques and, you know, everything it's carrying over, um, you know, so that's really cool to see. And, you know, as even though this line had some shuffle and, um, you know, guys aren't playing positions that they started out with, um, you know, at the end of the year, guys have really embraced their roles, um, you know, in those new positions and, you know, we're playing at a high level. So that play was just very well executed by, by all 11 guys on offense. And it, it was fun to see. Hey, so now you get a chance to watch a team that you've already played in the regular season, a lot like all your other divisional teams. Is it beneficial for you to have that game on tape to see an example of your line or your offense, even though there is considerable change? But, again, you get to see the personnel that you're facing in their specific techniques. Yeah, absolutely. And you get to see how they play us against certain plays, um, you know, this, this, and that. So that's always good to see, um, you know, and it just it just gives us a better look, you know, on how how they're going to play certain certain personnels and stuff like that and what we're going to see. So that definitely helps us out. Bears left guard Cody Whitehair, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Bears and Saints, Sunday 340 kickoff from New Orleans, a road trip for the Bears, their first one in 25 years in the playoffs, Cody. I didn't know if you know that, but obviously with no fans, it is a little different. There is no more home field edge, so that certainly helps you guys. But, uh, you know, you and I have had these discussions before about team culture, and anybody that comes in, you would always hope, hey, will they fit the culture? And then you got these two guys from Notre Dame, these undrafted guys, Sam Mustafer and Alex Bars, come into the mix. And, you know, do they fit perfectly for what you, as one of the leaders of this team, felt was chemistry? And and when yeah. they got their chance, it just seemed to be uh, a match made in heaven. Yeah, absolutely. Those guys, you know, you could tell um, when they came, at it, came in as undrafted free agents and you know, spend some time on the practice squad. And then, you know, you just see the way they work, both in the weight room and the film study, um, you know, and then as they execute out on the field, um, you could just tell that they fit the mold of, you know, what we're, what we're trying to accomplish in, in our offensive line room, um, you know, so that's really cool to see. But you, you could tell from day one that those guys were going to fit the mold and, um, you know, they've done a great job. Cody, I don't know if you care about this stuff. Probably not, but pro football focus. Tom Mellies rolls his eyes when he hears this, but this is good news. You, I don't know if you heard this, but you were the number one rated left guard on the NFL this year. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. What do you think? You think what – what do you think of that? Because, obviously, you know, when they look at things, they, they don't know assignments and they don't know, block, you know, whatever was going, is going on play to play. So, in many respects, they're just watching how you take on a guy – uh, you know, right across from you and whatnot. They're watching tape, but it's it's different because they don't know what your assignments are. But, you know, a- any any kind of uh, projection like that is, is good when it's, it's, it's good news, correct? I mean, do you take that? Do you feel you've played that way? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's obviously I don't pay much attention to it. Um, you know, I just focus on my team, um, what we're trying to accomplish. And that's, you know, obviously right now beating the New Orleans Saints, um, you know, but I couldn't I couldn't be in the position I'm in without, you know, my guys in my room and my coaches, um, you know, everyone believing in me to make that change over to left guard and, and be able to play, um, you know, at the level that we're playing as a unit. Um, you know, I, th- I think with individual accol- accolades like that, um, you know, it, it's 
it definitely reflects as, as a whole offensive line. Um, you know, we're just playing at a high level. Um, and I don't think you can really, you know, pinpoint one guy because it takes all, you know, five guys up there to communicate, to be on the same page. Um, you know, whether that's passing off games, um, you know, in pass pro or, or executing a double team, you know, it just takes all, all five guys up there working together. And that's, that's what we've done. Um, you know, the past, what, five, six weeks, we've really, you know, t- turned it up a notch and are, are playing at a high level. Because of the change in what your guys are doing, putting him on the move, Mitch on the move, uh, the boots, the nakeds, the running game cranking up, uh, what have you noticed defensively? And I know every team does it a little differently, but uh, anything that teams have done differently or more of in terms of, whether it be pass blocking or run blocking, uh, that you've noticed, whether it's more games, whether if it's types of stunts that are being used to try and uh, try something different on you guys, anything that's perceptible to you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're seeing more games. The, the one big thing you see, and this just is, is kudos to Mitchell because he's got God-given ability with his legs. Um, you know, there's definitely somebody spying Mitchell. Um, you know, so that's one thing that's that's kind of taken – a person away from maybe the rush uh, part of the game and, and focusing more on him. So it's definitely helped us out up front as well. Hey, Cody, you know, I, I think it's an important conversation that guys like yourself, Charles Leno, Jermaine Effetti, maybe Jimmy Graham to Cole, maybe Allen Robinson to the youngsters. There's a definite tempo difference between regular season and playoffs. And I think there was a little bit of that atmosphere in Soldier Field last week. So, do you, you know, can you have, or I didn't even know if it's possible with the pandemic type of meetings that you're having, to have that conversation with Sam and Alex and Jimmy to have it with Cole and these young guys that don't have this playoff experience yet because it's something that these guys got to be notified before they just go into that stadium and see what that, that tempo, that temperature is going to be like. Yeah, absolutely. It's something us as veterans have to prepare them for. Obviously, you know, in, in practice and this, this, and this, we try, you know, to replicate that as best we can, but we know, you know, without pads on and guys flying around and this, this, and that, that we can't get that hundred percent full look. So it's, it's, it's more on us as veterans to prepare them mentally, um, you know, as far as having that mindset when they go in there that, Hey, this is gonna, you know, the regular season is physical. It's fast. It's, you know, everything that you feel, but the playoffs is another level, you know, because now you have that winner go home mentality, um, you know. So every, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, is is veterans of our rooms is we just have to prepare them mentally, so that when they go in there and, um, you know, bullets are flying and this, this, and that, that you know, mentally they're ready for it. You know, Cody, everybody gives is giving great effort from the from the tight ends to the receivers, but. For- being on an offensive line and blocking for a guy like Walter Payton, now you're on an offensive line and you're blocking for a guy like David Montgomery. And I'm not downplaying Cordero or Artavis or any other guys, but David Montgomery, is in the, he's inspiring. From up in the booth to down in the field, from being an ex-bear to watching a modern-day bear, how inspiring is he to you guys in the effort and the, the, what he's willing to do during runs and after and at the end of runs? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Dave, Dave is a special player. He really is. Um, you know, the way he hits holes, the way he, the way he finishes his bronze. I mean, the, you can hit the guy straight, you know, right in the hole and the guy won't go down. 
I mean, the passion and the love of the game that this guy has and, and not willing to go down easy at all. You know, it's going to take three, four guys to get him down. He's he's going to make that one guy miss. He's going to, you know, lower his pads and, and, and knock that one guy off. So, I mean, just the passion and, you know, that this kid plays with is very special. All right, last question, and we'll let you go, Cody. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight. So what are you looking at when you look at this New Orleans Saints defense? Because uh, highly ranked in virtually everything, a lot of pressure up front, and they merit very well at their coverage. What are you looking at as an offensive lineman with this bunch? Yeah, this is a good, a really good defense. Um, you know, my main focus is is, it, is the front seven, obviously, with, with the line and the linebackers. And, you know, when the safeties come in the box, they're just – they're very sound, um, you know, in, in filling their gaps and being in the right spot. Um, you know, it's in situations where we do have to pass the ball, we're going to have to be able to to execute versus games and, and be able to pick up blitzes and, and recognize that. So that's that's our main focus is, you know, just not hurting ourselves and put, putting us in the best situation to, to be successful on Sunday. All right, Cody, best of luck. Uh, bring one home, will you? It'll be uh, fun to watch indeed, and uh, thank you so much again for your time. Thanks, Cody. You bet. Thanks, guys. You bet. Cody Whitehair, Bear starting left guard. We'll take a break on the other end of it at uh, about 6.48 here tonight, about six minutes or so. We'll be joined by Anawalia Gunlier to join the program. Bears and Saints walk down memory lane in the NFC Championship game back in 06. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and our producer Mike Rankin here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Everybody, Bears fans, with shopping for your game day celebrations, don't forget to pick up your favorite variety of Lay's potato chips and Tostitos. Tostitos and Lay's are an essential part of the game day tradition and the official chip of your Chicago Bears. Go Bears! I'm laughing because uh, I tell you what, Tom, the the excitement of playoff football, you ne- it never gets old. I, I tell you, I don't care how you get in once you're in, and the games are so much. You're on edge as a play-by-play guy and as a color guy as well. Because every snap truly does matter. And you're eating glass, as uh, coordinators have told us in the past before. You know, you're just eating glass on every single play. I can't wait. Right. I, you know what? It, it starts, though, Jeff, at the beginning of the week. Because I, I know it's every every coach says it that, hey, we're only one of 12 teams practicing this week. How lucky are we to be on this practice field right now? Where else would you rather be? All these old sayings that they've been saying since the playoffs have began, the message is still true today. Of all the hard work, the effort, the conforming to what these players had to conform to this year and still have a playoff opportunity. And I tell you what, I've never been more excited for the playoffs in my entire football career because no team has an unfair crowd noise advantage. And I, it, it's, a, it's an even-steven playoff. And if you're as good as the team like Seattle is, they're better when they play at home because their crowd noise is so damaging, just like New Orleans. So it's going to level the playing field throughout this playoff period. All right, we're going to take another break here, but real quick, what's the one thing that cannot happen in this game Sunday to the Bears in all three phases? We'll start with offense. You know, you, uh, with offense, you can't give away possessions, um, and that's everybody. You can't fumble the ball. You can't give away interceptions. And then I think um, on the defensive side of the ball, you can't give up that 50-plus yard play. Uh, you want 
New Orleans to have to earn every blade of that artificial turf that they're earning, just like the Bears will have to. But the Bears' defense has to be stingy and just none of those explosive plays. I'll take special teams, just no penalties that give uh, field position advantage to Drew yep. Brees and the Saints. Try to steal possession. That'd be great as well. Ottawa Gunlier will join us, our old friend from the Bears 06 NFC Championship team that went to the Super Bowl. That'll be coming up next. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back, everybody, to Bears All Access with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. Thanks for joining us tonight. Our final moments of the show, we're going to spend with Adewale Agunlier. Adewale, good to talk to you once again. Thanks for taking the time. Long time. No talk. I think we spoke at the 100, but uh, it's been a bit, and good to have you along. You're the perfect guy to talk about this playoff weekend. Bears, Saints, this one mm-hmm. over there in New Orleans. But uh, it's not. It, it seems like a very long time ago. And maybe for you it was, but 2006, you had a heck of a night. Oh, man. This game, I mean, when I saw the matchup, uh, I, I just obviously every year at playoffs I get, I get chills because I remember that, that 2006 actually, in my mind, probably the best game that uh, we played as a team and, and probably the most memorable game, uh, you know, throwing us into the Super Bowl. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a great experience, and I'll always have fond memories of, of the Saints and uh, Saints in the playoffs. Big day, sack, forced fumble, couple quarterback hits, a Drew Brees and a fumble recovery. So you had a line that was uh, outstanding. But I often talk about this with guys. You look at the roster top to bottom, even even the guys uh, that came in in, in certain roles, and it's an underrated a bunch of talent. Obviously, you guys made the Super Bowl, so that aspect of it isn't. But there, that defense was something else, and there's so many guys that contributed to that team. Oh, yeah, man. That defense was just flying around, making turnovers, and just giving our offense just the ball as many times as possible, just playing, you know, good smash-mouth football. I mean, I just – you can go from top to bottom, from secondary to the D-line to our linebacking core. We all, you know, contributed to having a successful season. And, you know, if you remember that year, you know, it was up and down. Quarterback player Rex was hurt earlier than – Kyle Orton was an amazing, you know, offensive manager, a guy that just wouldn't turn the ball over. And it just, you know, him and his, the way he played just clicked really well with us in defense. So it was such a magical year. And, you know, I hate that it, it ended the way it did, but uh, that was a great defense and a great year. You know, Wally, you say it's a magical year. This year has been a year like no other. So now put yourself in a stance on the field Sunday. Are you a type of guy that you want to hear silence in the stadium to pay attention to the quarterback's voice? Or do you like it when you play at home and the crowd noise is so abusive that you're just kind of caught up in your, your own get-off or watching the football? What, what atmosphere do you like better? I think, I mean, obviously, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. Having the fans, whether you're on the road or at home, Having the element of you know breathing, living fans in the in the crowd booing you or cheering you on um, is added motivation either way. You know I, I just love having the um, you know playing in shoulder field is amazing, but even going on a, on on a, on on the road and playing against hostile fans, it's like that's like a defense's dream. Like I could care less. Put me anywhere. You know, despite the elements, you know, good defenses should show up no matter what, whether it's rain, sleet, or snow. Inside, outside, fans, no fans, but uh, having fans definitely makes it, gives you that more of an edge. 
So, Wally, I'd like to ask you something about specifically about defensive end play and Robert Quinn. Do we expect too much out of a defensive end going from the right side to the left side? And do they, is it equally, uh, can they do it equally as well? Or is it similar to a right tackle and left tackle? It takes a little bit of transition to use your balance differently. How, how do you feel about that role? Absolutely. I think it all depends on, you know, how much practice time you get at it. Um, you just can't, you know, think that someone's going to go from a left-handed to a right-handed or a right hand to a left or left to right. It's so much different in the dipping technique, your mechanisms, your, your footwork. It, there is a big change um, in doing that. Early in my career, I was able to go back and forth. And, you know, the reason why I was able to do that was because I practiced that way. You know, in practice, we, I would have to go. But once you become like a left and right end towards the end of my career, it was a little bit more left and right with, with me and Alex Brown you tend to start now practicing over and over and over and over and over again, hundreds and hundreds of snaps on that side. So it's hard to now to retrain your brain to, to start doing it the other way. So it is a difficult transition. What about this, Wally? Um, you know, sacks are hard to come by in the NFL, you know. So when you're talking about a defensive lineman, you know, interior as much as exterior, is you get – you're rushing the passer and, you, and then you become stalemated. Is it recognition of the quarterback's eyes, or is it just instincts by defensive linemen to raise their hands up and possibly clog up a passing lane? I think it's a little bit of both. You got to do a little bit of both. But you know, the problem with stalemating, you know, uh, sometimes you you think that you're you're stalemate, and then now the quarterback's out the pocket, or you could have pushed a little bit more, tried to do a little more, um, another move, and gotten free and gotten the sack. Right. So it's got to be it's got to be instinctive. Um, you got to know who you're going against. If it's a quarterback that likes to get the ball out of his hands um, really fast, I mean, it comes with watching the film and all of that. But at the end of the day, you know, a stalemate is, is, is bad. But if you can get your hand up and get that ball down and get in the passing lanes, um, that's just as good as, as, as sometimes as getting the sack. Member of the 2006 Super Bowl Bears, Ottawale Agunlier, joining us. A couple of remaining moments left. It's it's crazy to think you're a 43-year-old man. I'm sure you're in terrific shape. You're starting a second career, and you got Drew Brees going to be 42 on the 15th here in eight oh, days man. and still playing at a high level. Because I, I looked at his line against the Bears in the regular season. It almost matched his line against you guys in the NFC playoff game. He, he's really no different. And maybe the arm strength is not exactly there, but – Given how you wake up every morning and go to work, uh, is it feel strange to think that he's 43 years old and still playing at a high level? That is amazing. You know, you know, when you when you put it that way, one, I feel I feel I feel really down about myself now. Like, why am I not playing? But honestly, it's it's an amazing. He is an Ironman feat for him. Obviously, the, the league has changed a bit from the time that we played, and and it has given the quarterbacks a little bit more of longevity of you know, those brutal hits that we were allowed to, you know, hit on quarterbacks back then. And these guys are, you know, I'm at him, Tom Brady. Um, but to know that, you know, he's still going. I played against him in college and then now in the pros. I mean, this is, this guy is, 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 is definitely uh, one for the ages and it's going to make it so much more better when, when you, you get a sack and, and we get this W on a Sunday. Well, what do you think's changed most about the NFL and offense since you've been out of there? The, the offensive line play or the RPO attack of this modern-day offense? Definitely I think it's the RPO attack for sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's so funny. You saw so much of that in, in the collegiate level, 
and you never thought it would it would make its reign up was way up as much as it has into the into the professional level, but it has. And um, you know, professionals, you know, maybe it's because there's more college coaches coming up up the ranks. But you know, they've you know taken the playbooks out of the college ranks, and and, and I think that's more of if, if I'm looking at it, that's more of the the difference in the offensive play now now than when we, than when I played. All right, we got a minute to go. Tell us about your new job, my friend. Sports and Entertainment Division, the leading global wealth manager in the world, UBS. You're a part of that program now. Uh, you worked hard to get there. Tell us about it. How's it going? It's going good. Really, my my, my, my opportunity that I, I want to have with UBS is to make sure that we're getting in front of our, the, the clients and, and making sure that they're doing the right things with their money. You know, when I played – um, I didn't know much about my finances. I knew defenses. I knew offenses. And um, I knew how to get to the quarterback. But, you know, when you have all this money in the bank and you got these, you know, unscrupulous advisors coming at you, it's hard to know who's telling what. So I said, you know what, let me team up with a, a very, you know, one of the biggest firms in, in, in the world when it comes to private wealth and people who do things the right way. And uh, our goal is to, one, understand who these clients, who our clients are, who the players are, understand their families, and know that we want to make sure that this short term where we're making this money lasts for a long time and we can have it for a legacy. All right. I recommend your first client, <laughs> Israel Adonijay, because he's going to be the wealthiest man in the world. He's so oh my he's God. a brilliant guy. Yeah. Hey, Brilliant, brilliant. Actually, we're, you know, I've got some, some deals with him already as a, a partner on the side. Uh, but he's one of the smartest men that, that I'll know. He'll probably own half of Chicago before it's all over. <laughs> Wish we had more time with you. Let's catch up again, Wally. Thank you so much. Thank you, Wally. Anytime, anytime. Appreciate you. it. Out of Wally Agunle. We're out of time, everybody. Joe Ostrowski coming up here next. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Good night. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.